Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4. The fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion. 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Don't touch that dial. It's another great Thursday afternoon for Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you, Mike, what a week of racing it has been. And how about the performance from Atlanta on Monday afternoon? Yeah, no question about it. Atlanta, you know, Ron Burke, I was reading the, an article at Harness Link. You know, Ron Burke's thinking about sending Atlanta to the elite lob. Yep. How about that, boy? Wouldn't that how be how awesome a, would that be, huh? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a sight to see? And uh, how about Charlton? She looked uh, tremendous once again. And uh, you know, we ended the open well, as the open usually ends with the Iron Horse has cemented his legacy. How about foiled again? Fifteen years old, celebrated a birthday. I believe it was Tuesday. No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday, yeah, of course. Yesterday. Well, you know, my days, so all my days are messed up. Every, you know, I'm gonna tell you what. Every day on the East Coast here has been the same. It's been dreary, with the exception of the temperature. 80 degrees one day, 60 the next, then 80, then 60, then 80, then 60. So you know, you know how, you know how I remember what day it was. It was Henry's hmm. birthday yesterday. That's right. Yeah, you, you see, and see, they they share birthdays. How does it feel to have a pet that 
actually shares a birthday <laughs> with the great foil digger. That must be a that must be cool. That's kind of cool, especially around our household. And it's funny because Kate's first interaction with a horse was foiled again at Western Fair a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, it's kind of all tying back together. And speaking of Western Fair, Mike, can Mm. you believe we are three weeks away from our very first live remote? It's the 2019 Camla Classic at the Raceway at Western Fair District. We're going to talk to our guys, Greg Gangle and Greg Blanchard. But three weeks from now, we will be on our first live remote. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they do it up over at uh, Western Fair. I mean, they've got the infield party. They've got so much going on, uh, so many going on, I should say, on track, so many promotions. And, you know, even just on a daily basis, Mike, uh, they race four days a week. And I'll tell you what, Mike, they just they do everything so right. You know, they really do. I mean, you know, the Greggs and Sugar Doyle and uh, just the whole crew up there is just A1 top notch, you know. And, uh, hey, it's Canada's second leadingest uh, handle, right? I mean, behind Mohawk yeah. and Woodbine. Yep, they, they do a you know, so that, job. That's, that says and... something. Yeah, yeah I mean, that sure. says something. Yeah. Making sure you were done. Sorry, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'm a little long. I'm a little long-winded this morning, aren't I? Did you, you must have had a couple of extra cups of coffee this morning? It's okay though. No, it's, you know what? It's the green tea. I'm, I've been drinking green oh, tea. Oh, green tea. Okay, you're, you're the Mark Hall of the Post Time with Mike and Mike show. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so but yeah, Western Fair they do a fantastic job. Those guys up there they treat us great every time we go up there. And the racing that night, most of the time they have some Ontario Sire Stakes, some City of London. And I talked to uh, Shannon Sugar Doyle. It looks like we're going to be on the pregame show with them again. Uh, this year as well, uh, myself and maybe Gardet Barnsdale will be joining them. So a big night of racing action coming up on Friday, May. I believe it's Friday, May 30th, if I have that correctly. Friday, May the 30th. Um, excuse me, it's Friday, 31st. May 31st. I had it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Friday, May 31st. I had it right in my head the first time. Friday, May 31st. We will probably kick off the action somewhere in the ballpark of 8 o'clock, uh, run a three-hour show from 8 to 11. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, once again, hats off to the guys for having us. For more information on our live remote schedule, you can go to posttimewithmikeandmike.com. And we've got a live remote section. And uh, I'll tell you what, odds are very good that we'll be adding some dates and tracks on the fly. Yeah, I can see. I can see that happening. It, it, yeah. You know what? We added, what, three or four of them last year uh, on the fly? Yeah, well, I could guarantee you we'll probably be back to Shenandoah. How much fun was that last year? That was a blast. That was probably one of the highlights of my career last year, that uh, live remote at Shenandoah, getting the call filled again at my, my home track where I got started calling races. That was a lot of fun. That was cool. We traded back and forth on race calls. We had the show going on at the same time, and it was kind of hectic, I will say. Maybe we might have to bring some help this time. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to employ the services of uh, some of the people on site. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so that and there's some other, uh, you know, there's some other potentials out there. So check back often to that section of the website post time with Mike and Mike dot com. And there was one more thing I was going to bring up, but uh, I guess I forgot. But anyway, we've got a great show on tap for you today. We do have the Gregs coming up. Plus, uh, we're going to have a chance to catch up with Brett Miller. He was actually supposed to be on the show three weeks ago. Something came up. So uh, that's a bit of a reschedule. And actually, that's great timing because Brett Miller uh, just won uh, the Miami Valley uh, driving 
title. So congratulations yes. to Brett. We'll talk to him about that. Plus, our guy from Hawthorne. Hawthorne is uh, getting back into the swing of uh, their racing season, harness racing season after that track inversion. Our man Jim Miller. And I'll tell you what, that's such a, a popular topic, the track inversion. I mean, we've we've had him on the show about four or five times, and that oh, that's always the first thing that comes up because, you know, it's so awesome. Yeah, no, it's the only, they're the only track that still does a conversion. Until a couple of years ago, it was them in Colonial Downs, and I believe the Meadowlands still did a conversion for quite some time. But Hawthorne is the only one to do that conversion, and they do it. Mike, you were actually there when they did it um, a couple of winters ago, and they did it, I believe, in just a couple of days, correct? Yeah, they were working. They were working in the middle of the night. I mean, I would, you know, get up at like four in the morning because I was uh, staying on the backside, and you would hear these, you know, these noises, these loud noises, and you look out at four o'clock in the morning. They were working. They had a couple of different crews that actually worked around the clock in the dead of the Chicago winter to get that set up. I mean, it was a real sight to see. Plus, Mike, uh, a very special interview. I had a chance uh, to sit down with Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, and this will be our uh, pacing for the cure segment. This is actually a two-part interview. The second part of this interview will air next week, but um, you know, a lot of people donate the pacing for the cure and uh, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein is one of the people. He's a very good doctor. He's an immunologist, neurologist out of Philadelphia, and he has put countless volunteer hours into research to finding a cure for multiple sclerosis. And I'll tell you, it's a can't, miss interview for anybody out there that has anybody that knows anybody that is been affected by multiple sclerosis or as a matter of fact an autoimmune disease you are not going to want to miss this interview because in this interview this two-parter we've got some results of the findings that dr jeffrey greenstein's been uh, performing so it's it's a can't miss it's a can't can't miss i know i say that a lot but believe me when i tell you this is a can't miss that's our pacing for the cure segment Coming up towards the uh, towards the bottom of the hour, maybe around 1130 or so. But first, we've got the Greggs from Western Fair, Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle. And you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hay rides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, today will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. Welcome back to the Bet America Radio Network. Post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, and our first stop on the 2019 live remote calendar is at the Raceway at Western Fair District. We're joined now by Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle. Guys, how are we doing? I'm good. Fantastic. How are you? Not bad at all. So uh, we'll start with uh, Greg Blanchard first. Uh, Greg, I know you work at the race office at the Raceway at Western Fair District. How's this race kind of coming together, and uh, who are we uh, looking at eligibility-wise? Well, uh, so far so good. We're, um, you know, we start scouting the race, uh, you know, as far in advance as, as we can, actually. And, uh, you know, probably starts with uh, something like the Levy Series, where we, you know, are monitoring the horses each week and um, and looking for horses that we think, you know, are are going to be able to uh, maybe make that transition and and, and come up here and and uh, obviously good half mile horses. So uh, that's kind of where it starts, and um, and we're obviously uh, you know looking for the best horses we we can get. So um, you know, Sintra is a horse that uh, we've had on our radar for. A couple of years so for you know a variety of reasons the last couple of years with scheduling he wasn't able to make it but uh, this year uh, the connections have uh, expressed uh, that they uh, they plan to be there so we're, we're excited to have him and he's undefeated currently this year um, another horse that we're really uh, excited to, to have for the first time this year's rodeo rock uh, maybe let you know, the other greg speak a, a bit to him but uh, he's a horse that we really loved watching in the levy and uh, we think will be tailor-made for our track here. Yeah, exactly, Greg. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of positive things to say about Rodeo Rock, and I think the most impressive thing is is that, you know, just his, his overall finish in the final of the Levy, um, you know, at the top of the stretch, you might think he was going to be fifth or sixth, but he really kicked into gear, and the further they went, the closer he was getting to, to Western fame. So, you know, that speaks volumes because he can do a lot of work. He can come first up. He can race from off the helmet. He can do it on the front. So, um, you know, the fact that he was putting in such consistent performances uh, during the Levy, uh, I think, warranted a, a nice invitation to our race. And, and Robert Cleary, uh, the conditioner, um, he's no stranger to Canada. When he first came over from Ireland, um, he was working for Tony O'Sullivan uh, here in Cambridge. So, He's no stranger to Western Fair. He knows the track well, and, and he's excited to bring Rodeo Rock up to the raceway. 
visiting with the Gregs, Greg Blanchard and Greg Gango from uh, Western Fair. Mr. Blanchard, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that will be going on on the Kamla Classic night. I mean, this is something that's been a labor of love for you guys over the past couple of years. You guys put a lot into it, and it seems like it gets bigger and better every year. Tell us about some of the things that we can expect when we arrive on uh, on Friday, May 31st. Well, the first thing I hope you arrive to is good weather. That's uh, <laughs> that's always <laughs> right. a, a big right, a big part of the night, of course. Um, yeah, I mean the the racing on the track is is always top shelf with the, the you know the Camlock, formerly the Molson Pace. We always have a great undercard uh, featuring City of London finals. Uh, Ontario Sire Stakes are back this year. Uh, we'll have some some souped up uh, preferred races as well. So. Uh, you know, the on-track products, obviously the focal point, but around that we try and create a fun event and um, our party on the patio is always a great time this year. Some, uh, some exceptional local live entertainment to enhance that area. Uh, great food and beverage offerings. Um, lots of prize giveaways, contests, t-shirts, tosses, um, and, and that type of thing as well. And last year we introduced a new event called the, uh, the Infield Experience. A giant tent set up in the infield, a unique viewing experience, a little bit of a VIP feel, but uh, yet um, a casual and enjoyable way to experience the races. So that's going to be back this year. We've expanded that slightly, and, uh, you know, tickets are, are already selling well for that. So, um, you know, you, you have trouble getting a seat in the dining room that night, and, but we've got lots of other options for people on track. So, uh, we try and offer a little bit of something for everyone, and for the horse players, we uh, we offer I think a, a really strong betting menu that night. Lots of guaranteed pools, full fields, and uh, exceptional races to bet on. That was actually going to be a question I had for Greg Gangle as far as a wagering angle. You guys have a good amount of wagering in the Ontario market bet on the raceway at Western Fair District. And it's not just, you know, we're, we're just saying that because we're going. It's a legitimate fact that the raceway at Western Fair District handles very good money. Talk to us about that wagering menu and how it's kind of grown over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know what, I, I think it's the fact that, first of all, you know, our customers are playing in the guaranteed pools. And I, I think a lot of it goes into our marketing and our promotions. And again, that 15% takeout, you know, usually grabs a lot of attention from our core customers. Uh, you know, speaking of Cam Luck night, we're going to have three super high five um, races, uh, two of which are going to have nine horse fields. So seven on the gate with two trailers. So that's really going to entice uh, betters and, and core customers as well. I mean, our early pick three is going to have that $5,000 uh, guarantee on it. Uh, the early pick four is going to have a 10000 and then the late one is a 15000 So there's really something in there for every type of customer, whether you're into the pick threes or the pick fours or the high fives. Um, you know, a lot of tracks in North America really seem to do well when you put that guaranteed stamp on those races, and, and that's what we've done over the last number of years, and, and I think that that's really registered well with our customers and enhanced our betting product. And, and obviously, you know, with the likes of Sugar Doyle uh, and our social media presence, uh, he's a terrific announcer. Uh, you know, he really hammers home, you know, our, our wagering menu and our wagering concept. And, and I think that that really registers uh, throughout North America. 
visiting with Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle. Uh, Greg, uh, Mr. Blanchard, I, I shouldn't say Greg, I've got to go by last name because I've got two Gregs here, but but uh, Mr. Blanchard, you know, I'll tell you what, you guys, and, and I've said it before on the show a million times about how you guys have really built that product up, uh, and, and it's been a real team effort with you and, and uh, Greg Gangle and, of course, Sugar, and, you know, Greg, uh, Gango brought up a great point about the social media presence. I mean, sugar is just in your face and on social media on race nights. And that's how you gotta be nowadays. You gotta keep yourself in the spotlight because, you know, listen, out of sight, out of mind. And, and as uh, quickly as, uh, you know, the mind thinks now, you know, you, you gotta be there like every couple of minutes, literally, but uh, from a day out, day in and day out basis, Greg, uh, like I said, you built this product from the ground up. Uh, you know, I mean, what are some of what are some of the things that that you know, like some of the secrets that that have boosted wagering at Western Fair and attention to Western Fair to what it is today? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really hard work. Um, you know, we're a, we're a, a, a middle of the road uh, track when you look at, at market um, and you know where we fit in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, we're a half mile track and. In Canada, we race um, during the harsh winter months primarily. So, um, you know, we, we go seven on the gate and one trailer typically. So we face uh, some competitive challenges that, that the other tracks don't. So it's it's really hard work. It's trying to take advantage of any opportunity that's out there in, in the marketplace in terms of scheduling and, and where you put your post times. And then... Um, and then it's trying to just create a strong online brand. And as you mentioned, guys like Sugar Doyle, uh, guys like Gabe uh, Pruitt at Pompano, uh, you know, has that same sort of mindset where they they really work overtime and, and getting the word out there and, and and then pushing the wagering side. So, so you know, it's it's, it's a bit of hard work, and, and we're excited about some some things as we look ahead to next year. Um, we're we're in the midst of enhancing our our broadcast signal, so we'll be producing an HD quality signal next year, which will really um, help us a lot. And in fact, you'll notice a different look for not only our track but many of the Ontario tracks next year. So that's exciting. And and we've got some ideas on the wagering side. Um, you know, every year or two we like to freshen up the wagering menu. We try to add something, but without taking away. Um, you know the popular things that um, have helped us get where we are and you know when you look at our bread and butter wagers probably our pick fours our super high fives have, have become or as sugar calls them go-to wagers and that's because they're um well they're good wagers but they're promoted uh, i think promoted effectively online all right. Well, listen, I hope Sugar don't uh, sue me because I've been using that here for Harris Philly's uh, pick for the go-to wager. <laughs> so, I, got that, I got that directly from Sugar. I'm, I'm not going to make no bones about it. <laughs> listen, fellas, before we let you go, and we're going to ask uh, all our guests about this because it's it's hogged the uh, the news, the, the media over the past uh, week, and that's what happened Saturday at the Kentucky Derby. So, Greg Blanchett, I'll start with you. Greg Engel, you can follow up and add your opinion. Greg, was it the uh, Blanchard? Was it the right call? Oh, that that was that was heart wrenching. Uh, you know, I I rarely go into the Derby with a horse that I love, and and this was the one year that I that I, I did uh, actually have the winner tabbed. I, I watched him and actually played him in the Florida Derby, and um, said I'm going to stick with him. And to watch him race his heart out like that, and and uh, and for he, the, both the horse and the connections to have it all taken away is is unfortunate but to answer your question i think it was the right call i mean it, uh, yeah. 
as, as many people have alluded to, if that was a, an overnight race, um, you know, at any other point in the season, I, I think it's a fairly quick and easy call. So um, I think you have to try and separate the fact that it's the Derby and, and, and make the right call, even though it was a, a, a very difficult one. And, and uh, I wouldn't want to trade places with the, the stewards for anything. Yeah, I, I agree with Greg. You know, my heart goes out to, you know, the connections of maximum security, but uh, the stewards got it right. Well, let, let's be honest. I think it was a pretty black and white call. Um, you know, he fanned out to, to the outside of the track like that. Uh, he um, didn't maintain, um, you know, his, his lane. I think it was actually a relatively easy call, as much as I hate to say it. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure those stewards are going to treat the Kentucky Derby like any other race in, in terms of how they're going to regulate it. So uh, they did make the right call, in my opinion. And again, uh, unfortunately for that day, the best horse did not the race. Good stuff, guys. Camelot Classic coming up at Western Fair on Friday, May 31st. Do not miss it. Mark your calendars. It is going to be a big event as always. Greg Blanchard, Greg Gangle, we certainly appreciate you guys joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle. And, uh, you know, Mike, I, I had to slide that in there. You know, it's, it's such a hot topic. It has been dominating mainstream media over the last three or four days. So, you know, I knew people were just clamoring for our takes on it. Listen, you, you you had to slip it in there and not say anything because you knew I'd scream about it. That's why. But that's okay. You know what? That's What'd okay. What do you think about I, it? I get it. Um, I have no comment. Oh come on. I have no comment. No, you're none you, whatsoever. Dude, you're a host on a ra- you're a host on a radio show. You got to have a, a an opinion or a comment on something. Yeah, listen. I you know here's the thing. The way the rule is written, I think they um, handled it appropriately. Okay, that's good. The way that's the rule good. is written, it, I, they handled it appropriately. Um, okay. You know, it, it's that, but that's just you know the way the rules are written specifically. I mean, you know, we obviously know each jurisdiction has a different set of rules or what have you. Um, <clears throat> internationally, there's different rules and what have you, and I, I feel like the um, you know based on the way the rule is written, it was the right call. Okay. All right. Well, that's good enough. I take the safe enough. answer. There you go. <laughs> You're safe, safe, Mike. All right. Hey, listen, <laughs> I got to be. We've got Jim Miller in the on deck circle. I want to get his take about this. You know, he's a thoroughbred guy, too, so he'll be able to, he'll be able to give us a, a good opinion Let, on it. Listen, Brett Miller I, will be. I, yeah. I heard he had 500 to show on maximum security. We'll have to ask him about that when we talk to him. Plus, uh, Brett Miller will be joining us. Uh, we're going to talk uh, to him about how he is adjusting to his driving uh, life in Ohio. And, of course, the interview that you do not want to miss, Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, uh, Pacing for the Cure segment. That is a can't-miss interview, and that is uh, coming up as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fat, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit HarrisHoosierPark.com for more info. 
The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7:15. For more information and reservations, call 201 The Big M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by foiled again. State Treasurer's three-feet. Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience. Plenty of giveaways plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours. Something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Fair District. Go to CamelotClassic.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Blink, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, right now we're joined by the Jack of All Trades at Hawthorne Racecourse, Director of Publicity. Uh, you know what, Jim, you wear so many hats, it would probably take me a half hour to kind of say well, what you do for that racetrack. But nonetheless, Jim Miller joins us. Jim, welcome in, buddy. How are you? Hello, Jim. Jim going once. Maybe I offended him with my show comment. <laughs> Jim, if you could hear me, try to call back. And gone. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Jim Miller, Jim Miller doesn't things. like show bets. Well, he, does, he doesn't like show bets. He don't want to talk about the Derby. He don't want to talk about the Derby. You know, listen, <laughs> I think uh, we scared – see, this is why I say you got to tell me before you do things because now you scared our guest off. Man, no, I'll no. tell you what. It's, it's a lonely studio. Look at the studio. It's only got two people in it. Very lonely. Uh, there he is. Here Let's he try is. Jim Miller again. The, the jack of all trades, not liking show bets, Jim Miller. Let's see if he's there. Hi, Jim. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, buddy. Well, listen, Good morning. So, wait, listen, we we uh, we ended uh, with Greg Blanchard and Greg Gangle up from Western Fair. And uh, you know, we, we, we talked about a little bit about the Derby and we know you're a you're a pretty big thoroughbred guy, so we gotta get your take on it. I seen some of the things you put on Twitter. You you played it kinda of down the middle, but what what was your real thought? What what'd you think about the call? You know what, even down the middle or not, I thought they made the right call. Um it's one of those things where initially you look at it and you couldn't see a whole lot just in the live running of the race. But when you go back and look through the replays, look at the fact that we probably almost, we, we, we very narrowly averted one of the probably 
worst spills at the worst time for, for racing as a whole mm-hmm. with a war of will staying on his feet. So looking at everything that could have happened out of it, looking at how many horses were affected in that, I, I, I think the stewards made the right call in the Derby. Well, I think our man Rich Matein said it well, was that the most amazing thing was the athleticism of war of will to stay on his feet. Yeah, and that's the thing about it. it, it there, there's pictures, there's still shots where, where his legs were basically entangled with maximum security's legs. And it's one of the things that you run into with young horses. And, and even the jock on maximum security said that. He said there's a lar- large crowd, there's a lot of cheering, there's the glare of lights on the racetrack, and some horses react differently. And it was one of those things where you're coming off the turn, horses tend to switch leads at that point anyway, and they'll either drift in or drift out a little bit. And it, it happened, and unfortunately for maximum security, you had a lot of horses that were right there in contention at that time and, and just happened to interfere with another horse. But, yeah, War of Will's athleticism was, was great not only for the horse but for everybody in the race, for 13 horses trailing behind that horse. And yeah. uh, I'll tell you, it, it turned out good in the end. I think so, too. Jim Miller joining us. Jim Miller from Hawthorne Race Course. Jim, let's talk a little bit about Hawthorne. You guys recently got another harness season underway, and uh, I was joking with Mike before we brought you on the air that we always have to talk about the track conversion because, you know, something that 20 years ago was done so regularly across America is now down to you guys. You guys are the only ones that, that, right. that do the track conversion. So we got to ask you again, how did it go? Tell us a little bit about the process from switching it over from thoroughbreds to harness. I'll tell you, this year was actually brutal, guys, and we've talked about the the tough times that we've had to deal with for the winter meets, but uh, Mother Nature was not kind to us at all. Uh, A week ago Saturday, our last day of the thoroughbred meet, we actually had accumulating snow come down that caused us to have to uh, cancel the second half of that thoroughbred card on closing day. And then right after that, we had to start the track conversion. So really, we only had one day to get all of the dirt removed from the racetrack because there was only one day without precipitation. So our track crew worked around the clock on that following Sunday, removed all that dirt from the racetrack, and then just did everything they could to get the rails out, to get everything leveled out. And and they really, they did a tremendous job. We were able to have the track open for training a day before the uh, start of the meet last weekend and kick things off last Friday. And cards are building very quickly, so that's good to see the uh, interest in racing returning to Hawthorne. Now, listen, you guys do a great job as far as the USTA strategic wagering program, unlike your $500 show bet this weekend. But, uh, listen, uh-huh. you know, you, got, you guys feature, uh, you got, and all kidding aside, you guys feature uh, some great wagering opportunities as well at Hawthorne Racecourse. Uh, talk to us a little bit about those and uh, how they've been doing thus far. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the strategic wagering program is a definite plus because it just gains immediate interest from the racing fan on your program with the ability to have free pass performances on those races. You see not only the money that goes into those pools for the guaranteed wagers on our late pick fours, but just for the pools as a whole for that entire sequence because people are getting an extra look at those races. But what we've seen is early on in the meet, we start a a little bit easier on it with $10,000 guaranteed pools on Friday and Saturday and $20,000 on Sunday. But as the fields grow throughout the course, of the meet, I do really expect those pools to grow as well, but especially with that pick four. It's just a 15% takeout at Hawthorne, a, a 50 cent base minimum wager, and through the first three days, we, we've hit that guaranteed pool each of the first three days, despite having some shorter fields last weekend, but now they start to pick up this week, and what we've seen so far, we've had some prices, because people don't really know who's fit and who's not fit for the start of the meet, and that's something that, that has jumped up and kind of gained the better's interest. 
visiting with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse. Uh, Jim, let's talk a little bit about the signal because people may have noticed an improvement while watching uh, your signal. Tell us uh, what you guys did there. Yeah, and the signal is really a huge improvement. We switched over to uh, going high definition this year, and it was one of those things that we've talked about doing over the course of the last couple of years. But as you guys both know, in the state of Illinois, without having Maywood Park or Balmoral Park racing anymore, Hawthorne has really taken on the entire harness industry as a whole. But with racing thoroughbreds in the spring and fall, we we raced year-round for two years. So we finally got a break this January and took advantage of that time to run all new cables, put an entire new control room in, all new cameras and additional cameras, and do that conversion over to high definition. And with that came a new graphics package. But it's just really a clear and crisp picture. It's something that the racing fan can go out there and you look at all the signals and we stand out now. And that's what we wanted to do is grab that attention because so much money does go going through the simulcast outlets. So by grabbing that attention, bringing it into Hawthorne is something that we get off to a good start. And then now you hope that you can only build off that as the season progresses. Now, Jim, uh, obviously uh, we talked a couple of years ago, Peter Galassi had some health issues. How is he doing? And uh, I'm sure he's excited to get back into the swing of things with the harness meet as well. Yeah, I'll tell you, Peter's a warrior. He's a guy that hasn't missed a day over the course of those last two years either, and he is doing very well health-wise. He's been going through uh, and, and really been very healthy. We, we do a pre-race show during the uh, course of the thoroughbred meet on that signal also. Then he's out there each and every night, but he's out there early. He wants to call qualifiers. He actually went to one of our OTB parlors on Derby Day and punched tickets all day long. So it's one of the things where he's very active uh, at Hawthorne and just with those Illinois racing fans and very appreciative of the fans too because because he got a lot of well wishes throughout the course of the time that he was dealing with his cancer treatments. But uh, I'll tell you, he's doing very well now. Yeah, Pete is tops. I mean, if, if any for anybody out there that hasn't met Pete Galassi uh, that's in the Chicagoland area, do so, because he's just a wonderful human being and a legendary track announcer. Jim, before we let you go, let's uh, talk a little bit about the state of racing in Illinois. Obviously, you know, the, it's, it seems like there's hopes and hopes are dashed and then hopes are renewed again as far as trying to get some kind of expanded gaming or something going in the state of Illinois. What's, uh, what's the prognosis of that right now here in 2019? You know what, I'll tell you guys, we're, we're as close as ever here in 2019, and it's for a couple of reasons. We have a new governor who's very aggressively wanting to build upon having a deficit in the state of Illinois and try to find ways to bring income for the state, and he's doing it through some different measures that can help the industry on both the thoroughbred and the harness side. And one of those is the, the introduction of sports betting, is that's hopefully going to get voted on in the next week or two. And with the sports betting bill, not only would it bring more patrons to the racetracks, but it would bring additional purse money to the racetracks as well, and, and that's really the most important thing is generating those purses for the horsemen to race for because then you get increased interest, bigger field size, and more horsemen at the racetrack. But on top of that, there has been talking of, and renewed talk of a gaming bill within the state of Illinois. So that's another plus. But I also – the racetracks and especially Hawthorne have that push on for historical racing. Just in case something doesn't happen with a gaming bill, you have another path that you can go down that road as well. But right now the main focus is sports betting. Hopefully within the next week we have an idea on what's going to happen with that, and then we just progress from there. Good stuff. Well, Jim, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Keep doing what you're doing at Hawthorne because I'll tell you what, it is, and I understand it's been a, a real struggle, you know, when you're trying to compete with other racetracks that, that have the expanded gaming and you guys have managed to, you know, stay in the map and, hey, put them competitive races out there and, and uh, put out a good wagering product. So that's what it's all about. Jim, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll check up with you soon. 
All right, you got it. Thanks, guys. And Mike, by the way, Tacitus was my horse in the Derby, buddy. Uh, <laughs> he had a, I'll tell you what, what a what a wide open preakness this is going to be now. Yeah, it is going to be. And that, some people were asking me, they're like, oh, this is just, this, this is too bad. You're not going to have these horses in the Preakness. I think it makes it a better race because it really is wide open. You don't have the DQ Derby winner. You don't have the Derby winner. And basically everybody thinks they're in with a shot now. So I think the Preakness could be a really interesting race, guys. It could I'm be with a lot you. Of Jim, we appreciate it, buddy. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Jim Miller, Jack of all trades. Man, I'll tell you what, Mike, I had such a blast. Uh, filling in for Pete Galassi back in the in the 2016 over there. Them guys are just unbelievable group there. That re- are, they're really passionate about racing, and even though you know they're fully aware that the cards are stacked against them year in and year out, they just put on the best product they can. And and uh, you know, hats off to the carries and everybody at Hawthorne. Yeah, definitely. They do a great job, and their wagering product is just unbelievable. It's second to almost nobody, and and that's really impressive. They kind of rejuvenated the Illinois scene with, that Balmoral and Maywood had. Hats off to those guys. Yeah, no question. All right, so lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Our good friend Brett Miller is in the on-deck circle. We're going to hear from him, plus uh, a can't-miss interview Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein in our Pacing for the Cure segment. That is one you are not going to want to miss. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big. folder. And we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. 
We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association in Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the newest Ohio resident. I call him newest because we brought him on the program when he moved to Ohio. But, Brett, I'll tell you what, uh, you transitioned very well, my friend, from Jersey to Ohio. Stole up your first uh, driving title at Miami Valley. How did it feel? Uh, it's, it's all great. It's all great. And I just want to let you guys know, uh, I apologized last time I was supposed to be on the show. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> was out tra- I was out training babies with Virgil, and uh, I missed the call, but I apologize about that. But it felt really good to be back home and then to have things go this well this quick. It's been great. Yeah, Brett, Mike Bozich here. Listen, apology accepted, buddy. You're a good friend of the show. We've had you on the show a few different times. You've always been a, a class acting great. But i got to tell you, we miss you out here on the East Coast, man. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the same without you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe me, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's different. It's, um, you know, I, miss, I miss a lot of the guys there. I miss racing with a lot of the guys. And uh, it's definitely a change. Well, let's talk a little bit about what, prompted that change i mean you were out here you were doing really really well then you decided to go back to ohio now ohio the state of ohio is obviously doing very very well as well i mean with the you know with the slot enhanced purses and and ohio has always been a major backbone of the sport of harness racing but what prompted that change what prompted uh, you to want to go back to ohio the number one thing was every you know every summer i was racing the grand circuit i felt like I was never home. I felt like I never seen the kids. I felt like I never seen my wife. And every year at the end of the summer, it would wear on us. And uh, the last year we were there, my wife and I discussed it. And, and we thought, you know, maybe we can move back to Ohio and where it's just, you know, not you know, a little less running around. And uh, so that was, that's, that's the reason why I moved back to Ohio so I could see the wife and kids a lot more. Now, Brett, obviously, you know, as a driver, you know, it's tough because you got to go, got to go out there and hustle for drives basically. And, uh, you know, you, you, when you, when you came out here, you kind of had to do that where you had to get to know people and then people start trusting you putting down on their horses. Was that, how was the transition in, in those regards when you had to go back to Ohio? Did you, did you kind of have to start all over again? Or did you already have enough connections to kind of get going? Well, yeah, somewhat I did have to start over again. I mean, Virgil Morgan Jr. and I, we've, we've been friends, and we've known each other since we were teenagers. And so, you know, when I was coming back, he obviously, him and I talked, and uh, he said, you can drive all my horses. So that was, that was huge. I mean, that, that right there put my name on the sheet, you know, quite a few times, you know, the first two times they drew that I was there. So that you know, obviously helped a bunch, but there was there was a lot of there was some new there's some new trainers here that I have never met, and uh, it took them maybe you know a few of them a little bit to put me up, but uh, you know more and more guys seem to be using me now that they know that I am staying. Now, Brett, what's it like to be back in Ohio? Obviously, you know, cities are different and the driving colonies are different, but did everybody kind of welcome me back with open arms or uh, have they been uh, issuing some parking tickets here? <laughs> yeah, honestly, everybody's been great. Um, I mean, but, you know, no doubt. I mean, this is a, this is a sport where, uh, you know, it's very, very competitive. But off, off the racetrack, it's been great. And yeah, I mean, on the racetrack, yeah, there's definitely been some times where I'm sure uh, 
there was you know there was no favors given to me, but that, that's horse racing now. And uh, but yeah. it, it's been all it's been all good. No question about it. Visiting with uh, driver Brett Miller now, uh, Brett. Before we let you go. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, are we going to see you like maybe for some of these stakes races? Uh, if you get the nod, are we going to see you on the East Coast anymore? You know, I, my, I mean, the whole the reason I did come back to Ohio was to get away from the traveling. About the only way I would, I would travel is if I had a, a horse that was the best in that division. If it was the best three-year-old Colt Pacer in that division, I would travel with that horse. But it, it would, it would, you know, it would probably take almost something like that for me to, you know, do, do the Grand Circuit and travel again. Now, as, as far as Ohio goes, you're going to pretty much stick with Miami Valley and Dayton, or are you going to go to Scioto a little bit, maybe even uh, return a trip to Northfield a time or two? Yeah, yeah. Like right now, I'm at Scioto. So, um, so I live 20 miles from Scioto, so that's that's great. And once the Ohio Sire Stakes get rolling here, I will do uh, yeah Northfield also, and that's definitely a place that I uh, I miss. Yeah, no question. Well, listen, Brett, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Good to see you doing well uh, out uh, out there with Mike Carter and the and the land of the Buckeyes. And uh, listen, we appreciate you joining us, buddy. And uh, we'll catch up with you real soon. I appreciate you having me on the show. Thank you. All right, that was driver Brett Miller, and uh, yeah, he, I'll tell you what, he's obviously adjusted to, to uh, Ohio quite well, and it didn't take him too long to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you come, anytime you come back to something that you raced at before or what have you, you always run that risk of the competitive spirit, you know, those guys issuing the parking tickets or what have you, but uh, he handled it with, uh, with class, and uh, he, he's doing a heck of a job out here. All right. You know, I had one of our patrons ask me, the other day, just out of the blue, I'm just walking, and I've never seen the guy before. This is Harris Philly, and uh, the guy comes up to me. He goes, have you ever heard of Chris Page? And I said, okay. of course. I, was, I said, of course I've heard of Chris Page. He goes, is he, is he any good of a driver? I said, he's a tremendous driver. And uh, I said, well, why do you ask? And he goes, oh, I just never heard of him, and he walked away. <laughs> oh, there you go. I just thought that was very, I thought it was very weird because you know, I mean, you know, Chris Page is one of the one of the great drivers I think of, you know, in all of racing. And, oh yeah, uh, for sure he is. You know, but but just I, I just thought it was very weird for some guy just to walk up to me. I didn't even have my badge on. I didn't even know, you know, he knew who I was or anything. But uh, you know, he just asked me about Chris Page. But nonetheless, that only came up because uh, you know Chris is an Ohio guy too, and there's a lot of good drivers in Ohio, Mike. I mean, you know, now you've got you've got Chris Page, you got Brett Miller, of course, Aaron Merriman, and Ronnie Wren Jr. and uh, and uh, a guy that we had on our show uh, a couple of weeks back, Jeremy Smith. I mean, Ohio is chock full of great rainsmen. Oh, for sure it is. And, you know, the trainer population out here, the driver population, it continues to grow each and every week. It's something to really see. All right. Well, we've got something for you to listen to coming up next. And this is a can't miss a can't miss interview, especially if you've donated to pacing for the cure in the past or if you've been following pacing for the cure. It's uh, I had a chance to sit down and talk to Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein and Dr. Greenstein is an immunologist and uh, uh, neurologist out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he has been doing a lot of volunteer work, a lot of research on multiple sclerosis. And for those of you that are out there listening that have had anybody 
uh, or that know of anybody that is suffering from this disease or any autoimmune disease, to be quite honest with you, this is an interview that you're not going to want to miss. It's Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, part one of two. Part two will be airing next week on this program. Part one is coming up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 55. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. It's time for our Pacing for the Cure segment, and this is going to be a very special segment, certainly one you'll want to play, uh, pay close attention to. We're visited by Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, and uh, Dr. Greenstein uh, has been doing, uh, has been working with Pacing for the Cure, has been doing a lot of research on multiple sclerosis. Let's bring in Dr. Greenstein right now. Doctor, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, and thank you for talking to me. Okay, let's uh, let's get into this a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, research you've been doing for multiple sclerosis. First of all, how long have you been uh, doing the research, and what motivates you to uh, do this research on this disease? Well, I've been uh, doing research on multiple sclerosis pretty much uh, all the time since 1978 when I went to the National Institutes of Health to do a fellowship specializing in MS research. Um, we've picked up the pace more recently since I've started the MS Research Institute and 
I think with that and the benefit of a number of years of immunology research, we're very well positioned to try to understand what really is going on in this disease. My motivation for uh, doing or working in the disease was primarily because MS was a great when I was a resident in training. It was a disease which seemed to be caused by the immune system but had devastating neurologic consequences in people who suffered it. And in those days, there weren't any treatments for MS. So essentially, we were holding people's hands while they unfortunately progressively deteriorated neurologically. And so it was a great challenge to try to understand this disease and obviously try to develop and improve treatments for it. Let's talk a little bit about a potential cure. What is your research showing you about the potential for an actual cure for multiple sclerosis? Well, we don't have that uh, in grasp right now, but I think it is achievable. It's going to require two things. One, truly understanding the cause of this disease, and I think that we're well positioned to uh, understand that more fully. Our research has shown that there's a disorder of an immune cell called a regulatory T cell. This essentially is the kind of cell that puts the brakes on the immune system so that it doesn't overact the way that it does causing the damage of multiple sclerosis. Uh, so I think that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is that we have been working on trying to Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, Dr. Greenstein working with Pacing for the Cure and uh, has uh, done a lot of research on multiple sclerosis. Doctor, what makes your research stand out from uh, other multiple sclerosis research that maybe some others are doing? Well, I think the primary difference is that we're absolutely focused on trying to understand what's going on in human immunology, what happens in the real patient. Obviously, we have limited access to certain tissues of the body, but primarily what we do is use blood cells for what we are investigating. This is not as much a disadvantage as you would think, even though the disease is in the brain, because these cells do circulate, and when they're circulating, we can get a snapshot of what they're actually doing and potentially what they could be doing in the brain. Much of MS research is really focused on animal models, and while there's an enormous amount that we've learned from these animal models, we've also learned that they are not a true representative of what happens in MS. And because of this, there have been many instances where we've found treatments to work in animals, and they've been uh, terribly disappointing when they come to use in human trials. So uh, I think that the first thing is that um, it's focus on human immunology, I think the other thing that is important is that EMS, along with other 
autoimmune diseases that are tissue-specific, for example, type 1 diabetes, inflammatory bowel disease, all have in common defects in the function of these cells called regulatory T cells. And that primarily is the focus of what we're doing in the lab. Dr. Greenstein, do you think finding a cure for a multiple sclerosis will help other autoimmune diseases? Yes, I think everything we learn from any autoimmune disease has potential applicability to others. Uh, they're obviously not identical because otherwise it will be the same disease. But everything we learn from all these other conditions uh, gives us better insights as to what can go wrong in the immune system and potentially what we should be looking for. And so, for example, uh, in looking at the literature, we need to look at a variety of other conditions where the immune system uh, goes awry. In fact, there are about 100 of these conditions uh, called autoimmune conditions where the immune system attacks a part of the body. And every advance in every area potentially may have a spin-off for one or more of these other diseases. So, yes, they certainly are interconnected in terms of the science that we need to apply to them. Let's talk a little bit about pacing for the cure. Now, you work with uh, Jeff and Janine, great, great people, dedicated people, trying to raise the, uh, you know, the adequate funding to uh, fight this disease. How did you get involved with, with uh, Jeff and Janine? actually approached me, and um, I must say I was a little taken aback that the two of them were embarking on um, uh, an ambitious fundraising program, uh, but we agreed to work together, and they have been an absolutely fantastic support for uh, the research that we're doing in the lab, their drive, their motivation, their interest, and the fact they've continued to be interested is really pretty inspiring. And, uh, you know, we, we really value everything that they've done to support us. So uh, I, uh, I can't say enough that how grateful we are for their I think they're um, unique in what they're doing and in the way they're trying to raise funds. And it certainly uh, is a great compliment for other efforts that we make ourselves. Dr. Greenstein, obviously, you know, in this world, no matter what you're trying to do, everything takes money. So uh, how do you get funded for the, for the multiple sclerosis re research that you're doing in the lab, and do you get compensated for your time in the lab? I do not get compensated for my time at all for anything that I do. I do it entirely as a volunteer. Our board and our fundraising committee also do it as volunteers. So we have absolutely no direct financial interest in what we're doing. Everything that we raise for the MS Research Institute goes towards paying for research, which is paying for personnel who work in the lab, paying the rent, paying the utilities, buying the supplies, and so on. Uh, we've been very fortunate in that uh, people have been very generous in their support of us. We've also had grants from grant, uh, granting organizations, and we really continue to try to raise money in both areas. The granting institutes have somewhat more focused uh, interest, um, but everything that we do is really revolves around MS and trying to understand this disease, trying to improve treatment for this disease.
And there we have it. Part two of the Dr. Greenstein interview will be airing, airing next week here on this program on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. We're going to take one final time out. When we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by Foiled Again, State Treasurer's three-feet, Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience, plenty of giveaways, plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players, bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours, something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Trail District. Go to camelotclassic.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back in this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Thanks so much to our guests for coming on this morning, and we'll see everybody back here next week. First post is 10:30. Have a great day, everybody. Can't stay here I know